Radio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray. Let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m. The signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. We have the very famous Zane Cantrell alum today, who is known by a large group of young people who have gone to school in, in Murfreesboro. But Zane, lately you've been far more known by the beekeeper. Which one makes you happier? Well, good morning, Truman, and good morning, Rutherford County. You just I'm, had to do that, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think most people are forgetting me, forgetting my name, even no, though I've been not. in public education for 47 years. <laughs> uh, it, it's always good to be here and uh, talk about beekeeping mm-hmm. and uh, other things. You know... Truman, the last two or three weeks have really been busy for me and those around me as well. You know, we've got Adventures in Learning yes. that's going on down at... Uh, the Methodist Church right yeah, there on Thompson on, Lane. On Thompson Lane. We've yeah. got your uh, your buddy, uh, Greg Tucker, who is... Uh, the great historian of yes, this area. Uh, county historian. He's yeah. really teaching some things that I really didn't know about. I, I was just mesmerized about him. Uh, I said, Mesmerized? I, yes. I, Ooh. Yeah, I said it. time. Yeah, I know it. I sat yeah. in there and listened to his presentation. It was just absolutely fabulous. Was Mentred taking notes? <laughs> I guess so. Everybody was taking notes. Oh, yeah. He, you know, people love his, his uh, classes. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, he had... Uh, uh, he had information that he handed out to everybody, mm-hmm. uh, copies. So, you know, and people were writing on them, making notes. So, yeah, I, I, everybody was doing that. And you get lunch, too. You get lunch. Carolyn's Creations. Oh, those are great. You yes. are talking about yeah. uh, good food. Yeah. Yeah. And let me say this, too, to those that are listening. It's not too late. We have two more sessions that you mm-hmm. can get into. Coming up this Monday at uh, 9.30 and the following Monday at 9.30. So if there's anybody out there that really wants to get involved in Adventures in Learning, just come on over Monday mm-hmm. at First Methodist Church on Thompson Lane and fill out the registration, pay your fees, and you're ready to go. Yeah, Greg and I were talking about that, and I wasn't sure, uh, can you overbook a class? Uh, there are some classes that could be overbooked. Okay. But like those classes where they're teaching about your cell phone, how to use it, 
uh, in the best they, manner. I could never learn that one. Yeah, yeah. but th they limit on how many people can come in there. But the other classes, we, we still have room for folks who want to come. Now, the, the ones that have been the most popular over the years, especially with people our age, uh, have been the history one with Greg Tucker. That's right. And it's been my understanding that the history of um, of some of the crimes that have happened in Rutherford County. You have Judge Daniels, Steve Judge, Daniels. Judge Steve Daniels is there. He's doing a fabulous job with that. He's yeah. talking about cr not just crimes that have occurred here, but also throughout the state of Tennessee. And some of them, he was the judge, the presiding judge. Oh, I remember being in a lot of those uh, uh, murder cases yes. that, that he yeah. was... Uh, taken care of yeah. during those times. Yeah, and also a real popular class this year has w been with Ralph Fullerton. Oh, yeah. Dr. Fullerton, who's, who uh, ha is a resident here at Adams Place. Uh, he's, his class is on the German High Command in World War II, a very interesting subject that's coming up. So. Uh, I mean, we've got they're a, fascinating classes, yes, all of them. Yes, they are, and they those people who are really interested in in history. Mm -hmm. Greg Tucker, <laughs> I, I'm amazed that he can sit there or or stand there without any notes and talk about these subjects. It's and very specific things. How do you memorize all of that information? Well. You sure he's not making all that up? <laughs> we don't know, but I, I can say it. that because I'm a good friend of his. <laughs> yeah, knowing Greg, I, I doubt if he would. Oh, I enjoy it. I mean, uh, it even as long as he and I have been friends, it still fascinates me to sit there and listen to him about all the great stories that he has. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, and the history of his family. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It is. And uh, on top of that, Greg Tucker is a beekeeper. He's got bees out there on his farm. I never could make a bee. I was usually either a C or a D. I never was a, <laughs> so a this, bee. This is honeybees. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do you, you really enjoy it, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, it, it is uh, a very fulfilling hobby. And I'm running about 20 hives. And it... And, truth of the matter is, Truman, I'm probably going to cut back in the next few years, cut back on the number, because it's really, uh, you're talking about the hottest part of the summer when mm -hmm. you're pulling honey, and uh, it, I've been really blessed that I haven't lost many bees over the years, and I really don't know why. When so many other folks, big keepers, are losing bees, mm -hmm. mine just keep on thriving for some reason. But I think it's kind of because that I don't get in there and look at them too often. I'm do, not, do you inherit bees uh, over the years? I know you have a number of hives, but uh, bees typically, they don't usually stay in the same spot forever, do they? No, they, they don't. They have to travel. Yeah, they do. And when you talk about inherit, I guess you could say that I do because my bees do swarm. Mm -hmm. And when they swarm, they usually will stop in an old pear tree. I call it a swarm tree. 
there at the house, and I'll go out there and I'll put them in a uh, hive, and I've got another group of bees. They, ju they just keep on growing around my house for some reason. They don't want to leave. Now, I had one swarm uh, a couple of years ago that lived in the top of a pine tree there at the house. I guess it was 40 or 50 feet high, and I said, well, I'm not even going to try to get them. Well, they flew off, and about two days they came back. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had to put them in a hive, so they, they kind of missed me. Now, is it, it's not a particular tree that they usually just swarm to, is it? It, it, it has to have a, an opening in the tree for them to go into is, is one thing. But I remember when I used to see swarms all the time, I haven't seen a swarm in years. Yeah. Uh, the reason I call it a, the, this uh, pear tree a swarm tree mm -hmm. is it just seems like every swarm that comes out of my beehives mm -hmm. heads for that same tree. Now, the theory behind that is that they can smell other bees that were swarming that went to that tree, so mm -hmm. they just keep following. And there is some credibility to that theory mm -hmm. because they, they seem to follow the same pattern mm -hmm. of swarming, going to the same place. It doesn't matter where, you know, it could be uh, several miles away mm -hmm. that bees are swarming, but they seem to go to the same spot before they leave. Yeah. They'll stay there for maybe a day or two. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got a little window of time to catch them before they take off, especially those of us who have hives already and they're swarming from our hives. And they don't live long. Bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, the, I, I remember when I was a young kid, we did not like to walk through the clover grass because barefooted, uh -huh. because you're going to get stung somewhere. I, and and I, I haven't seen that particular situation in many, many years. Yeah. Uh, everything is changing around here. Yeah, it is changing, and you, you probably have to do different things. And like I said earlier, this past three or four weeks has really been busy for me. One of the things that I've been doing, and this is related to my bees, they, they don't seem to be going to the clover as much this year as they have in the past for some wow. reason. And uh, I have a little garden there in front of them. I say a little, it's a pretty good sized garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go down to Hooper's yeah. and uh, I can get all of these different kinds of uh, uh, seeds the greens that I want to plant, you know, they've got kale, they've got turnip greens, they've got uh, broad uh, leaf mustard greens, and I get all of these. You don't have to buy big packages. Yeah. They have them out loose, and they'll measure out what you want, and that's what I do. And I'll go down there, and I'll get the kind of seeds that I want, and I'll plant them in this garden right in front of my beehives. Yeah. And uh, as they come up, the bees work them. They work all those greens. And the greens that you plant in your garden this time of the year is putting nutrients back into the soil for next year. So mm -hmm. you're, you're planting ahead of that, doing that. And another thing that I pick up down at Hooper's is that they've got 
that really good fertilizer that's in, that rainbow fertilizer, yeah. Yeah. and you don't have to put a lot of that on your garden because it'll burn it up if you do. Yeah. So that, that kind of fertilizer goes a long ways. So I, plant, I put that in my garden before I plant all of my seed. But you can get that down at Hooper's. And that. You know, most uh, there's a lot of people that are fairly new to this community. They don't even know where Hooper's is. <laughs> and, and, uh-huh. and, and all of us that have got any age at all on us, we all know where Hooper's is. What's that little side street off of Broad Street that's, that goes down there? Yeah, that's Cannonsboro. You know, if yeah. anybody wants to go to Cannonsboro, just below Cannonsboro, yeah. it's Hooper's. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's an old-fashioned place. It's like stepping back in the 1950s. They have, uh, yeah. they have things that uh, you wouldn't find anywhere else and in the kind of quantities that you would want. If you've got a little backyard garden to plant, you don't want to go down somewhere else and get these big prepackaged and waste all this seed. Yeah. And another thing that I've found out about going down there, about 90% of your seeds will germinate and come up. But you can go get these packaged seeds, and you're only getting about 50%. Uh, so uh, it's, it, it, it's just, you're like, right, it's like going back in time, and you got all these old people like us that will sit in there when the fire is going yeah. and the coffee is, and, and listen to the, all those great stories. It's just like sitting there and, and listening to Uncle Remus tell those great stories about Br'er Rabbit. Yeah. And, but these are accurate stories they're yeah. telling about the growth of Murfreesboro and, and, and what's made it to where it is today. It's just a special, special place. Yes, it is. You've got people down there that's been in Murfreesboro all their life. Yeah. They're in their 80s and 90s. And uh, they not only they don't just know, they experience the history of Murfreesboro. Yeah. I noticed the other day as I went by, Hoopers that one of my old friends, Run Crabtree, was down mm-hmm. there purchasing some supplies. So you do see a lot of people, old-time Murfreesboro, that comes in there and, and uh, trades with them. So, it, you know, for, if you've never been there, you ought to go by whether you buy anything or not. They'll welcome you. They don't care whether you buy something or not. They just like to see people come by. I remember when my granddaddy was that way, my great-grandmother, and that was the most fun thing in the world, to sit around them and listen to them tell about the old days <laughs> that, that that maybe you you uh, saw in the, what yeah. was the old movie, some, uh, TV show, Death yeah. Valley Days yeah. and all that. You're reliving all of that, and uh, it's so fascinating to yes. me. I, I don't think I'll ever outgrow that. I know it. You, you remember the uh, the little stories stores out in the country. Oh gosh! They, you know, go in there and the farmers are sitting around an old big pot bellied stove. Yes. Telling their stories, chewing their tobacco, mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, it's, sitting it's, on the floor. Yeah. Uh, watching Bud Mitchell and me get us spanking. I mean, it, <laughs> gosh, those were great days. I mean, they really were. And when you go by Hooper's, you kind of get that feeling. You do. You get so, that exact feeling when yeah. you're in there. You know, uh, Truman, another part of what's been going on here is that we had planned for the uh, Beekeepers Association meeting at MTSU. And we were all looking forward to it. And that was in Octo- coming up in October. 
Well, we've had a lot of our presenters who have uh, opted out because of the virus. It uh, seems to be growing. Thank you, media. Yeah, very strong, and uh, it's so we're ha- we're having to reschedule that for mm-hmm. March the fourth and fifth of next year. Okay. So we're we're still go- we're planning on 2012 it. now. Yeah. We're still planning on it, and we're still uh, having the same uh, presenters that will show up. They will be here, and uh, uh, this also uh, is the time that MTSU is on spring break. So that should give us some uh, leeway on parking. Uh, so we're kind of we're you know it could they were they were supposed to be working with you guys on the parking situation. Yes, they, they they were, and they, they were scheduling an area just across from the uh, student union building where we could use, and uh, we were going to have uh, a little shuttle service. You're uh, you're going to have a pretty good crowd, from what I can understand, for this. When initially that you were supposed yeah, to yeah, people will be coming from all over the United States to for this. It's okay. it's really a big deal. It is really important, and uh, for beekeeping and also agriculture uh, uh, initiatives. It's all important in that way. So we have people not just here in Tennessee, but we have people coming from other states that will be flying in here just for this. Uh, presentation. It's two days. It's be on a Friday and Saturday, and uh, it it really is something to see and something to be involved in. You you can't imagine how these con- these uh, conferences are until you get there on beekeeping. You've got all these vendors that will be from all over that'll mm-hmm. be set up there, and you can see the that some of the newest. Uh, supplies that are being presented for beekeepers mm-hmm. and beekeeping, some things that you never thought of, just new innovative techniques of beekeeping. So, And then you'll have people talking about it, presenting it, and we'll have classes. And one of the things that we have uh, involved this year, and Keith Elrod will be teaching it. He's a great kid. Yes, he is, and uh, he'll he'll be doing for the first time, mm-hmm. first for first time beekeepers classes for first time beekeepers, and they can get credit for this. So, uh, and that that's n- another offering that we've never had before at a beekeeping conference. Now, now, what's the credit that you get for it? Well, like if somebody is really interested in advancing into beekeeping, mm-hmm. that uh, they can uh, get credit for that. Uh, uh, what we call a master beekeeper. Yeah. You have to start at some point, and that's one of the classes that you would have to take. And so then, you're at the student union building. Yes, we I are. I don't know why I thought it was at uh, Nathan Bedford Forest ROTC building. You probably but, had but, on your mind. Yeah, I probably had that on my mind <laughs> for, for, for whatever reason. <laughs> but isn't it funny how the scares get out and, and it bothers people so much that something as important as this, and it is very important, mm-hmm. Uh, not only for all the beekeepers and the beekeepers association, but for our community. Yeah, it is, and it's 
we've got to get this virus under control. It's the, the people in the hospitals and the yeah. doctors. They're set, telling it's, us. It's affected a lot of my friends. But yeah. it, it, the crazy thing about it, it's you can listen to all these medical people and all these television networks and all, but nobody ha really understands it as yeah. well as it, they need to be able to. Well, we need to. We need a lot more research. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that, and I'm sure it will. It'll be researched and researched. Yeah. But anyway, I just think we need to get that under control. I'm not sure what all needs to be done to do that. Uh, I think probably vaccinations are probably the best way to handle it. I would advise anybody to get vaccinated if they haven't been, and. Uh, to protect themselves. But some and, people it doesn't seem to bother at all. Yeah, but it could they could be carriers and it could be taken back to their families. And but get, does the shots stop it from you from passing it on to somebody it, else? It's it's my so because nobody even yeah. knows when a, a lot of times that they've even got it. Yeah. So what would the vaccination do that would uh be a negative thing for you to be around other people. It's well, just it's just yeah. so wide open. I mean, uh, well, it's just like when the flu would happen. They're very similar. Yeah. When the flu would happen, uh, uh, a group of people would get the flu, and others they wouldn't get yeah. the flu. I, I bet I've never had the flu in my life, and I've never had a shot in my life. Yeah. But what makes people think that I would be a carrier? Nobody knows. Yeah. Well, I used to get the flu every year, and usually right around Christmas time, and it'd take me at least a month to get over it. I mean, you're just sick, yeah, terribly sick, and I started. But getting, that's when you were in the school system. Yeah, I, when things were getting <laughs> tough in the school system. Oh, where is Zane at, yeah. big boy? <laughs> I tell you what, you know, folks in the school system, you'll you'll come up with everything. But anyway, I started. Isn't that something that that tells you a lot? Yeah. When, when all the kids are together, it's just passed daily, one right one after, after another. another. That's right. I think they pretty much had a handle on that one. Yeah, but I started getting the vaccination vaccination for the flu, and I've never had it since then. Even though you know I've been around kids who've had it. Yeah. And uh, and, and you're right. The schools are the carriers of almost everything. Stay away from schools <laughs> and the young kids. That'd be that'd be my advice. Yeah. If if there's something going around, it's going to be in the schools. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, when when you uh, have it in March, um, is it going to be at at MTSU, the same place, the student union building? And uh, you've got the parking taken care of. Parking's always a, a problem over there. Parking it always was, has been. It's one of the biggest headaches that you would have in having a conference there. Yeah. But since this is going to be scheduled at a time where MTSU students will be out. It's yeah, their that's spring, a good thing. Spring break. Yeah. It'll really give us a lot of leeway in uh, parking. So we'll have a designated area that we can park, and uh, then we can uh, uh, work from there. But, yes, the Student Union Building, it's a great facility, Truman, and uh, so we're looking forward to that in March. Hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll be able to do that. And MTSU's probably making money off of it too, right? I don't think they're making a lot of money off of it. I don't know what the, the, the uh, 
negotiations have been on that. But but you have uh, all all the pla the hotels and the yeah, motels and, right. and the restaurants and that's everything. Right. It, it, it's a positive uh, financially for Rutherford County. For Rutherford County, it's yeah. a big time boost in the uh, in those areas, especially yeah. restaurants and uh, motels, hotels that so many people will uh, need as they are. They you, you need to have some of those folks that come in here with you, and, and I'd love to talk to them. Yeah, I, you know, that's one of the things that we can do as we get closer to it. Yeah. We, we'll schedule some of those speakers, especially those from out of state yeah. that are coming in from these research universities. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that would be a great uh, fix here. Uh, on the Truman Show, would it not? Yeah, I, actually, uh, we all want to be educated about what's going on, and and it's a fun way to be educated. Mm -hmm. It's not like me sitting in the classroom bored to death and and trying to find a way to escape like Bud Mitchell and I used to. <laughs> all right, we got a caller on the line. Caller, oh. welcome aboard with Zane Camp. Guess who? Guess who? Hey, Casey. I knew Good that. Morning. I, kn I heard that voice before it ever came on. Yeah, can you hear me? Casey. Casey. I think we lost him. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, if he calls back, let me know. Casey. All right, let's take a quick break. All right. Hi, my name is Patrick Garland, and I love living here at Adams Place. Because ever since I came here, I feel I'm part of a new family. The people here are fantastic, the employees as well as the residents. I'm meeting so many wonderful people, and I just enjoy every single day. I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of writing, research. I have invited my friends to come to Adams Place to visit and see what it offers. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Your local Salvation Army would like to invite you to the Beyond the Bells virtual event on October 14th at 12 noon. You'll learn about new and expanded programs and services of the Salvation Army. Go to BeyondTheBells.org to donate or register. That's BeyondTheBells.org. We look forward to sharing the impact of the Salvation Army on our community and appreciate your financial support in helping further our reach. That's beyondthebells.org. Hey, fellas, it's Scott. Guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be low T or something else, like sleep apnea or even low thyroid. You need to schedule a comprehensive health assessment at Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to take care of your health, and most health insurance is accepted. And now they offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments. They're on Medical Center Parkway near the avenue. Schedule an appointment at LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care.
Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Companies. If you thought you missed your chance to refinance and save, think again. Mortgage rates have recently dropped, and Rocket Mortgage can help you save big when you call 8338-ROCKET today. For example, with a $250,000 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you could get a new low rate under 3%. If your current rate is over 3.75%, you could lower your payment by over $100 a month, saving thousands in interest. But you've got to act now, because no one knows how long these low rates will last. So when you need a simple way to get big savings, Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Refinance offer assumes a rate of 2.99%, 3.21% APR, 70% loan-to-value ratio for the cost of 1.75 points. $4,375 due at closing. Monthly payment of $1,052.66. Taxes and insurance not included. Payment will be greater. Rates current as of 7 21 Conditions apply. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation has placed a suspect in a Shelbyville teen's murder on the most wanted list. Horatio Lewis is wanted on a charge of first-degree murder in the shooting death of 14-year-old Israel Diego Pascual outside the Shelbyville business Monday night. Police also want to question Tiffany Taylor, also known as Tiffany Rice, who's believed to be traveling with Rice. Country music superstar Reba McIntyre and members of her team were rescued from a building in Oklahoma after the staircase collapsed. Video from the scene shows firefighters bringing McIntyre out of the building on a ladder. Reba said the staircase collapsed while she and her team were checking out an historic building in Atoka on Tuesday. Thankfully, she says, nobody was seriously hurt. News on demand 24-7 at our website, WGNSRadio.com. And when news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. In Murfreesboro, the number of those with COVID-19 is high, with 3,738 active cases throughout the county. Included in that number are the 196 new cases reported in the past 24 hours. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland told News Radio WGNS he learned from St. Thomas Rutherford CEO Gordon Ferguson that the hospitalization rate is high, but the percentage of those hospitalized that failed to get the COVID-19 vaccine is even higher. You know, right now we have 144 COVID patients in the hospital, and he said they're still running about 95% of the people who are in the hospital right now are all unvaccinated. There have been 56,834 Rutherford County COVID-19 cases since the start of the pandemic. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Del Wombley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is until you stop expecting the politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listen to my show, the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Catch the Del Wamsley Radio Show Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, here on News Radio WGNS. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few spotty showers and storms possible late this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops a high in the mid-80s. Southeast winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently in 60. 67.
Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. What's good about it? Welcome back with Zane Cantrell. He's over here lying to me. <laughs> and uh, why would you do that? Why would you want to build up my spirit at all? I mean,. If I want to be down and and kind of crabby or whatever, why would you want to be me to be nicer than that? Hey, folks, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this is Truman Jones? Call in here. He's he's oh, got shut a, up. He's got a down uh, attitude right no, now. No, I, I love being down every once in a while. <laughs> I love life. Yeah. Period. It's That's just, great. It's just great. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be alive, and it's good to be on the Truman Show, and it's, and it's good to be uh, broadcast throughout Rutherford County and other counties. Actually, so, across the, the world, because yeah. we've had people call in from all other countries here. Yeah. And, and I think it's because we're just down-to-earth good old boys. Yeah. I mean, we're nothing more than that, and, and uh, I... I uh, I like being just a common folk. I yeah. really do. It, it, it's special, and we don't worry about things like everybody else. Yeah, does. and the podcast, it goes on forever and ever. It Somebody does. 100 miles away get yeah. the podcast, and they... they you hey, know I, why it's so great? I have been blessed with special friends. That's why it's so great, yeah. because... Uh, the best of the best, and it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Everybody's fun and everybody's interesting, and that's special. Yeah, I think it is special. Even the phone callers come yeah. in, and that I don't even get to see them. Like Casey, uh, he called in, and I don't know what happened to him, but he's welcome to call right back. We we lost him. Yeah, we have somehow. Maybe he will. Now, tell me some of these great people that are coming in from outside the community. Yeah, especially a a couple of them I would like to mention because they're they're, uh, very unique in the uh, beekeeping industry. Mm -hmm. Gary Ruther, who is from the University of Minnesota. Wow. He uh, heads up the agricultural lab there, Mm -hmm. and uh, he understands the importance of honeybees in the process of uh, beekeeping and also agriculture, they're mm-hmm. they're they're both very unique and they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's going to be. We, we're really looking ex- uh, forward to having him here. You don't think of bees being in Minnesota as cold as it gets <laughs> up there, but they're pretty tough. Even though their lifespan is very short. Yeah, bees are really tough. They don't uh, the the weather doesn't seem to bother them that much. Whether yeah. it's cold, snowy, raining, uh, hot, they they seem to adjust to it very well. Mm-hmm. And you're right about one thing: when bees are out gathering, uh, 
they uh, they're working from sun up to sundown. Yeah. And they only live from 30 to 45 days. Those. That's sad. Yeah, those bees do. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, in the winter time, when they're not working that way, they'll live all winter because you know they're held up in so the. So they literally work themselves to death. That's exactly what's happening to yeah. them. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, we were talking about uh, the mentality, I guess you would say, of the honeybee. Mm-hmm. First of all, they think of the hive as number one, okay? Mm-hmm. Not them, not individuals. Yeah. If they're sick or they're feeling bad and getting old, they'll get as far away from that hive and die as they can. Wow. They get away from it. They leave it. They yeah. don't die there at the hive. That's pretty special. It is. And because they are thinking, we believe that they're thinking about the hive as number one. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Say, if I felt like I had a disease or something was wrong with me, I would leave, leave the hive, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't want to carry it back to the hive. So you're looking in the summertime when they're gatherers, they, uh, they're, they're living anywhere from 30 to 45 days, and they, and they don't accumulate there at the hive. They just die somewhere out while they're working. But the queen, she lives longer, you say up to five years, maybe. Yeah, the queen uh, can live up to five or six years. But when she loses her beauty, they (laughs) kick her out. Well, here's what she loses. When when they sense that the queen is not laying enough eggs to to maintain the hive. Mm -hmm. Remember, the hive is number one. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about that. So that queen, she drops down. She's only laying 500 eggs a day. Mm-hmm. They're going to replace her. Isn't that something? How nature uh, takes care of all those things. Yeah, because you know, for a hive to be strong and viable over the year, over the year, uh, that queen's got to lay between a thousand and fifteen hundred eggs a day. Wow! And the and the bees understand that, and they they seem to know, and they can tell when that queen is getting to where she can't perform. Uh, they're going to replace her. They uh, they uh, uh, develop two or three, four queens. The first queen that gets out of there then will destroy the other queen cells, and then she becomes the only queen. Now, the problem is that she's got to go out of the hive. She flies out, mm-hmm. and she breeds maybe with 10 or 15 drones mm-hmm. and there she's up in the air about a hundred feet they don't mm-hmm. come down so when she gets through with that first breeding she comes back to the hive her own hive and she never has to do that again for her entire lifetime That's wow it. well bless her heart yeah and uh the the thing about it is sometimes a bird interferes and catches that queen <laughs> and so the hive is without a queen so, uh, is, is there any uh, type of bird that would actually feed um, bees, uh, whether it be the queen or the Well, they, they say there are some that will do that, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, they're more like opportunists in, yeah. in my uh, experience with them. They'll, they'll come around, if, you know, if they... 
opportunity comes up, they'll mm -hmm. catch a honeybee. But here's the problem with that, with that theory uh, that they are feeding off of honeybees. All it takes is one sting is that honeybee is in the throat of the bee and that bee can't swallow, they can't breathe. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the bird Her. can't swallow. Yeah. It. So even chickens out, scratching around that you have them, chickens will not bother a honeybee, but they will any other kind of insect. But they know that if they grab a hold of one, they're probably going to get stung, and that's not what they want to do. Now, when you just relate to bees, it's not just the honeybees that that can have uh, hives, is it? No. The uh, bumblebees, they, they do have, uh, uh, they do gather nectar just like uh, the honeybees do. Mm -hmm. And they have a little pod, looks like a cup, and they, they have uh, honey in that. But that's just for the baby bumblebees. So that's how they... Uh, keep their they're not up. as important to us as the honeybees well but they are important yeah here's the thing about the honeybee makes enough honey produce for themselves mm -hmm. and enough for man too yeah they're the only ones the only bee that can do that not any other bees makes any access yeah uh, of that so like when a bumblebee fills up that little cup that they have of nectar enough for whatever uh, baby bumblebees that would be eating it, then they stop. Hmm. They stop gathering. Yeah. That's it. But a honeybee, doesn't matter how much he produces, she just keeps on gathering nectar. It's a continuing process. Now, another one of the uh, presenters that we're going to have, there would be two of them, Chris and Becky Warner, who are from the Indian Summer Honey Farm, Indian Summer Honey Farm, from Wisconsin. Oh, they're badgers. Yeah, yeah. So they're they'll be here, and they they these are professional beekeepers. You know, they've probably got ten thousand hives over here somewhere. Good. I yeah. started to say something I shouldn't have said. <laughs> that caught I mean, me. <laughs> see, you're getting you're getting the people out of uh, the university, mm -hmm. and then you're getting the people that are also out here uh, producing all kinds of products mm -hmm. for from honeybees. Everything from wax to medical supplies, and on and on and on. This is where this this thing. They're making a living. They they'll make two or three hundred thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. uh, as a living from that bee farm. That's yeah. the only uh, that's the only source of income that they have. Wow. Where you take me, I'm a hobbyist beekeeper. We do produce a little honey during the year, but it's not. You know, we don't make enough to. So if I needed a quart of honey say how much would that cost me from a hobbyist point of view yeah um, if you get a pint 
you probably... No, I say a quart. Yeah, well, but... Uh, I we'll want s- it to last me a long time. <laughs> we'll say a pint is about oh, okay. 15 bucks, All okay? Right. That's yep. that's a going price. Yeah. If you get a quart, it's uh, about $25. That's the going price. That's cheap yeah. for something it, that may, that's so valuable to you. It is, absolutely. It's a, it, is, it is something like if you get a quart, it'll last most people a year. Uh, but... Some of some of the people really that, what uh, maybe about a teaspoon a day is good for you. Well, or they, should it be more than that? Well, if you're if if you're getting it for allergies, well, like I would, yeah. The the recommendation is take it like you would a vitamin, a teaspoon a day. Mm-hmm. But you have to do that every day, and you have to build up uh, a resistance. Yeah, yeah. So you don't. You don't just take it now and then. If you do that, like vitamins, if I could buy me a bottle of vitamins and I take that vitamin when I think about it, maybe once a week. Oh, I take mine every day. Yeah. It doesn't do you any good. Yeah. So you got to take it every day. So your your honey, if you're if you get that, a teaspoon a day, and you start before the allergy season. Mm-hmm. So you make sure that you're you have the resistance that you need. But if you, you look at the vitamin uh, uh, list of of what all uh, the 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 things that are good for you inside that uh, you'll you don't have a lot of you won't even have to go ever go to a doctor because it 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 has I mean it, even something like the virus you you look at all the things that uh, it gives you uh, a lot, your body a lot of strength in to fight those t- particular t- type of diseases well, and others. Like uh, that teaspoon of honey has got all, nearly every kind of vitamin that the body needs, okay? I'm it doubling all, up then. And it has minerals as yeah. well, yes. not just vitamins but minerals. Yeah. It has a it has a number of antioxidants mm-hmm. which protects us from things, yeah. you know, catching things. Mm-hmm. Now, it has an antioxidant in it that's not found in any other kind of produce. That's so you amazing. Can't, can't get it anywhere else, folks. Yeah. You can't get it anywhere else. Now, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go out here on a limb. This is unscientific. Mm-hmm. If you're taking a teaspoon of quality good honey that I produce, it'll probably protect you from a lot of viruses. I'm not talking about the Delta virus, but I'm talking about a lot of viruses. And maybe even and that. it could you be. I don't know. Yeah. But I, that's unscientific. In yeah. other words, don't take my word that that's a scientific measure. It hasn't been tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I've never had the virus, Truman. I, I take well. I, I did when it first came yeah, here. Yeah, I, I didn't. I've not had it. Yeah. and I take my honey every day, mm-hmm. just on and on, and uh, and so I, I do think I have some protection from everyday diseases that you could get. When it first came, you coughed on me, and I think I got sick right then. <laughs> I don't know about that now, Tom. <laughs> uh, but I do think people need to uh, protect themselves, uh, get the vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, wear the mask when you're around a lot of people. Now, when I'm running, I don't wear a mask. 
I just I don't think it, it's necessary to do that, and the science seems to tell me that. I thought I saw you with a mask on when you were running one morning, and I believe you were leaving the bank. <laughs> I think I saw you. Uh, well, I'm, I probably came from the bank leaving yeah. <laughs> with a mask on. Uh, anytime I go into where there's a lot when of When you make a big withdrawal? Yeah. All right. <laughs> or I put some money in or pay my bills. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> it's more like it. But anyway, I but, do. But but each one of these uh, uh, outside the, the state of Tennessee that are coming in here, uh, they offer a lot of education to the people here, don't they? Yes. These, these people have really uh, been on the cutting edge mm -hmm. of beekeeping. Yeah. And it's changing constantly. And I'll give you a, a good example of that. We have learned more in the last 15 or 20 years about beekeeping than we have in the, all the years in the past. We had a general knowledge of it, mm -hmm. but now we're, we're really studying it. We're really doing research, mm -hmm. top-notch research in the universities. And we're finding out the more you know about your bees, the better off that you will be. Well, we have a caller on the line, Zane. Caller, welcome aboard with Zane Cantrell. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. What? Hi. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can now. Okay. Uh, you were talking about the birds eating bees. Yes. Yes, hon. Go ahead, caller. Yes, you were talking about birds eating bees. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I watched the uh, New York Zoo program, and there are, if you'll Google it, you will find there are bee-eating birds. They have uh, hives on top of their building in New York where they raise the bees and they feed them to the birds. Wow. They fly through the air. Repeat what you say. Do you, do you, uh, all right, you say in New York they have uh, birds that actually feed on bees and people in New York, I guess, in their uh, condos or whatever, uh, they will put the bees out to feed the birds? No, it's at the zoo itself. Oh, that's the zoo. They have the hives on buildings at the zoo. Well, in New York, they may do a lot of things that we wouldn't do around here. I do know that they have beehives on top of buildings there, mm -hmm. and uh, they seem to get by pretty well on that. So, But honeybees are, are not used to feed uh birds uh, so uh, so be eating uh, birds you will find that a lot of them in Europe uh, it's not just here in the United States but they do eat bees well they may eat some kind of bees but the honeybees are not tasty <laughs> okay whatever yeah <laughs> thank you for calling on thank you I appreciate that keep up the good work uh well, you remember when uh, Murfreesboro had a hunt 
on the square, and they were shooting pigeons and doves. Do you remember that? I've heard that that took Oh, place. it happened. I was there. You you did? Yes, sir. <laughs> and and I, I wasn't shooting the birds, yeah. but I was more interested in how in the world they were going to be able to do that. And it it was very interesting, but it was stopped pretty quickly. It yeah. really was. And, and we were having such a hard time during that uh, particular period because all the buildings were becoming extremely messy because we had so many, especially the courthouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't hardly walk on the outside areas because the birds were, were there. Well, I think they uh, put uh, owls up there on top of the buildings now. Didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. I don't see as many pigeons. They're as I smarter used to. than we were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see as many pigeons now as. Uh, as we used to, so that something's happened. Well, maybe they just don't like us as much as they did the people back in those days. It's probably not a good roost anymore. There's just too many people up there, so yeah. they go somewhere else. They find old uh, discarded barns yeah. across the region. Uh, now, the people that will be going to, uh, I presume, we call it classes maybe, where everybody's there learning, um, they're already beekeepers. Is that correct? Yes, they are, and they they the folks that are practicing beekeepers, and uh, they have a, uh, a lot of times a certain expertise in in some kind of uh, beekeeping. Like some of them uh, are really good at catching swarms, mm -hmm. and some are really good at getting swarms out of buildings. And they talk about how to That's do that. That's a difficult thing. Yes, it is. They talk about how to do that mm -hmm. and uh, the best uh, ways to get those honeybees out without doing a lot of damage to the building. So, for you know, those are a few things. Some uh, is also talks about production of honey, how to get honey production out of your bees. Mm -hmm the things that you can do to increase that production. Another thing that they have uh, is like the products, uh, wax, making, uh, making wax into soap, mm -hmm. just all kinds of different. Candles? Yeah, candles, all kinds of different products. Mm -hmm. And some people specialize in that, and those are the kind of classes that we have. That, that you'll be very interested in. We have classes for those who are just starting up with their uh, beekeeping, and you you know you don't have to and you don't have to be in the business for a long time. We we see a lot of people that are just thinking about it. Well, do I really want to get into it? What are the costs? What are the equipment that I need? So we have classes along these lines. And then, like I, I said earlier, we have vendors there that mm -hmm. will show many of the products that you would need to get into it, and you could get a cost assessment from those uh, vendors on what it would cost you to get into it. Can you buy things from them? Yes, you can. While the thing's going on. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. another uh, advantage that you have going to those vendors. Mm -hmm. If I call up, uh, some of them, uh, regardless where they are, there's a, a postage cost to that. Mm -hmm. So, when, in other words, when they can mail 
supplies to me, but I have to pay for that cost. Mm -hmm. But if you go over there when we're having this conference to the vendors, you can buy it there without paying that additional cost, which sometimes it can be pretty expensive. Do you have any type of studies that show how long, say, once a person gets involved in beekeeping, um, what is usually the span of time that, that the beekeeper will stay in business? Uh, or, or does it become uh, very difficult once you reach a, a, a certain time in your mm -hmm. life? Yeah. to have that done well the margin majority of those who started up stay in it at least five or long five or more years longer yeah now we have a small percentage of them the first year they say they get one hive or two hives and they die out they get discouraged then mm -hmm. and they don't go back to it because you know they've they've lost their bees yeah but the majority of them who start up will stay into it at least five years but you're going to lose bees. It doesn't matter who you are. You just have to plan for that. You will lose some. Now, I always recommend, if you're going into the beekeeping first time, mm -hmm. don't buy just one hive. Get two. And the reason for that is if one of the hives gets weak, you can take frames out of your strong one and put it into your weak one, which will have brood in it, have honey there for them, and that will build up the weak hive. So you have a little measure of, uh, uh, of ability to help if you have more one, than one hive. But if you have just one hive and it gets weak on you, there's not much you can do uh, with it. Does it ever become overwhelming as you grow? Yes, it is. I feel like I may be overwhelmed now. I've got too many bees, and I've got to cut back on mine, and I plan on doing that the next few years. It doesn't sound like a hobby when you get into that That's type right. of situation. That's right. It, it, it does. I'm going to get back to where it is a hobby. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've like this summer alone, I've been so busy with other things, I've kind of neglected my hobbying. Uh, of beekeeping because I usually will pull some honey during August and I haven't done that. It's been over a month since I pulled any honey and I, I suspect I've, I'm going to have to pull some uh, this month at the end of the month, mm -hmm. probably next week and then again in September and I don't like to do that. I usually, September, in October. So I usually pull my last honey in October but I, I'm going to have to pull two times now to catch up from where I was. So I am getting a little bit overwhelmed uh, with with my beekeeping because I haven't kept, and I'll be the first to admit that I haven't kept up with it like I should. But you know what, Truman? I haven't lost a hive at all this summer. That's amazing. It is. <laughs> I've got 20 hives and I have not lost one. Now, the, the, evidently, the heat doesn't bother them. The heat much. doesn't bother them. The cold doesn't bother them. Uh, but what does, you've got to be careful about the small hive beetles. They're not native to uh, Tennessee or anywhere around here. They come in, especially in August. But I did uh, think about that ahead of time, and I put traps in there to catch them. Where they do they come, come from? Well, they're they're from another country. They came in here. Where are they from? They're not from the. No, uh, they're not from the U.S. The small hive beetles probably. They came. 
they, they normally what they would do, the hive beetle, was get on fruit. You know, mm-hmm. when fruit goes bad and they get on fruit and they eat it up. Well, they, they smell that honey when they, they probably came in over here with a shipment of fruit. Mm-hmm. That's what we think. Yeah. Uh, and then they got smell that honey, and they get on the honey in August. So, and it's it's not a Japanese beetle, is it? No, it's not a Japanese beetle. I have no idea where they came from. Yeah, and no, I don't think anybody else does. But it, it probably the best we can understand. It did come in here with a shipment of fruit, and that fruit probably came from South America somewhere. Yeah. Now, if, if uh, you want to get started in it, and, and like all the ways that we were talking about earlier, uh, will you know right away that that's not the type of hobby that's meant for you? Um, a lot of times when people retire, mm-hmm. and and, and, and the, they've got to have something to do. I mean, um, you you just can't sit down. You you, you got to have some type of hobby and. Uh, or, or whatever it is, and once you get in, how do you know whether that's for you or not? Is Would it be the people that you're involved with? Because it's almost like a club, and yeah. you enjoy each other's company and, 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 uh, um, and the things that you're doing with the bees. Yeah, we have uh, Tennessee, we have Rutherford Beekeepers Association mm-hmm. here in Rutherford County that meets out at the Lane Ag Center. Mm-hmm. the the uh, first Monday of every month, and we are our member of, of the Tennessee Beekeepers Association. Mm-hmm. I would advise anybody to start there, to come out to the meetings. That's the first Monday uh, of each month at 7 o'clock at Lane Ag Center. Mm-hmm. That'll give you a good idea of what's You involved. do get to meet a lot of great folks. Yes, you meet that. a lot of good beekeepers, people who have been in it to a long time. And you might want to... Uh, explore getting a mentor tom do you, hartley do you need, oh tom's a great tom a hartley, great educator he, over yeah the years. he does a lot of mentoring people yeah. hear about him they ask for him he probably knows as much about beekeeping as anybody in the yeah. state of tennessee his dad uh kept bees in uh, pennsylvania and all during the time that he was growing up there, he helped his family. He was at with Bellwood, wasn't he? Yes, he was a principal at Bellwood. Yeah, He's and a, a great guy. Fine educator, a great teacher, and uh, he, he mentors a lot of people. And I'd be the first pl- person I think that you should talk to is someone like Tom Hartley. Uh, Keith Elrod is another great beekeeper. Good rock bell boy. Rock bell, he's, he's uh, really schooled in it. He's uh, over the years. He's probably had forty or fifty hives at a time, maybe more than that. Uh, it'd be another one. Uh, 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 so there, you know, there's people like that around that you could talk mm-hmm. to that uh, could help you out with that. It's it's not like just joining the VFW or anything like that, but it, it's a place where you can go, and everybody in there comes from a different walk in li- That's life. That's right. Now and you don't. So yeah. wonderful. Truman, you don't have to join the Rutherford Beekeepers Association. We don't. We welcome you. Anybody, just yeah. come, sit in with us. You, if you, we'd love for you to join, but if you don't want to, don't join. We and you can come back every month without being a member. And we have a lot of folks that are there 
that are not members of the Rutherford Beekeepers or Tennessee Beekeepers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I'm on the uh, uh, board for the representing our group uh, for the Tennessee Beekeepers Association, and I do that primarily just to keep up with what's going on statewide. It's like going to school every day, but enjoying it. Because uh, you learn, I know, as long as you've been in it, which has been a long time, you still learn different I things. I learn something every time I go to the Rutherford Beekeepers Association. Yeah. I learn something every time. So no matter how much knowledge you have, there's always some new twist out there, some something new that uh, you can take home from, from those meetings. They're, they're really good. Well, I have learned a lot from you and Greg also, but uh, you're the one that has come on and educated all of us. And just like we hear all these stupid things that comes on television, which most <laughs> of them are, are incorrect type things. And uh, when I was listening to them talk about the killer bees were moving yeah. north yeah. and they were going to come in and destroy yeah. our bees and... Yeah. And I thought they were just a plain menace. Yeah. But I found out later through you that uh, actually there's some positive things come from that. Yeah, you take place. those. They're more aggressive bee yeah. than, than the, the normal European bee that we mm -hmm. have here. Uh, what happens is if I find that one of my beehives is kind of aggressive, yeah. over-aggressive, what I'll do is I'll find that queen and replace her. Mm -hmm. I'll put in a, a, a new queen that's a more gentle queen. And then within 30 to 60 days, we have all new honeybees. And they're quiet and calm and easy to work with. So it's that simple. The killer bees that we're talking about are the African bees. Right. And uh, they don't seem to be able to survive they're more used in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. they, they're more, they're more uh, to the south of here where it's warm, warm climate year-round. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not really afraid that they're going to get started here in Tennessee. And beekeepers are pretty much on their toes. If they see, an, you know, whether it's an African bee or whatever it is, mm -hmm. if they're an aggressive bee and it's hard to work with, We'll replace that queen and put a, put a more gentle queen in there. But you have to stay real active, don't you? Yes, you when do. When you're dealing with something like that. Yes, you do. You just have to know your bees and check with them more than what I have done this year. Uh, Unless so. you have some type of uh, some system in your body that makes you uh, um, vulnerable mm -hmm. to bee stings yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 really from, from everybody that I've talked to, and I've got a lot of friends that have beehives. Uh, they just absolutely love it, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to enjoy it yeah. because if you're going to have a hobby, you want it something that's going to be yeah. pleasant for you. Yeah, you you know I hardly ever get a sting when I'm working with my bees. They they don't. They don't seem to want to be aggressive that well, way. Well, they die when they Yes, sing. they do, and, and bees know that. Yeah. Let me tell you, they know it. They, if they sting a human, they know they're going to die. 
Now, the only time that they would want to be aggressive about you is if you're over there knocking on their hive. That's their home. Yeah. You know, they they get a little upset about that. So, they, Even but, we're that way. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to come chase you. You don't have to worry about that. You can have them in your backyard and never even know that they're there. They come out of the hive. They go straight up in the air for about 100 or 200 feet, and then they go to wherever they're Catching, getting their uh, nectar, so you never even know they're there. They're not going to bother anything. These honeybees aren't. And their sting is not nearly as bad as they are. No, they're not. I, I, you know, I get a sting every once in a while. I don't even swell from it. Yeah, yeah. It stings like a sting. It stings for just a minute. Yeah. Uh, you know, there. Since we're talking about that, Truman, there's a thing called sting therapy. People who have arthritis. Uh, it, it is one way to help that arthritis. And I've heard of cases where arthritis has been almost cured by sting therapy. Well, now, uh, how do you mow your yard around the hive? Uh, that's from, I think that's from Brian. Yeah. They don't, uh, the best thing to do is not get very close to them. Yeah. Uh, they don't like the sound of that mower. So how do you how do you mow it? Well, if when I do that, if I need to get up real close to them, I put on my hive suit. Oh, that way I'll, they don't. You know, it doesn't. Bother. They seem to uh, calm down when they if, see. If you that. got that suit on, yeah. and they sting the suit, does it kill no. them? No. Only only if it uh, penetrates. Yeah, into they your won't skin. penetrate the suit, and yeah. the, the sting won't stay in the suit, yeah. so the bee doesn't die. So. Uh, you might, if if you go by the in front of the bee uh, hive uh, with the without anything on, you might get one or two stings. Yeah, but they're not going to follow it very far. But they, if you come back for that second time around, you might get a few more. So I, if I have to get up close to my hives where I'm mowing, mm-hmm. I always have my suit on. Well, they're telling me up at the radio station that they're going to sting you if you don't hurry up and get off the show today. <laughs> are, are they saying That's that, a threat. Yeah, is that are they saying that we we've been on longer than Yeah, we we've been actually on longer than normal, so <laughs> that's because you did a good job. Thank you, Zane. Well, you always it, do. Truman, I can't believe the time has gone by like this. Oh, it's fun. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it, folks, we'll be back again yeah. and uh, especially before March before our next conference, and we'll try to have some of these presenters to come and oh, visit with us. I'll enjoy that. Thank you, Zane. Thank you, Tarman. All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning, and you'll be listening to some great music. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.